Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. You know, Sarah, I am often saying the same thing over and over to brands, which is, Your competition on the internet is not just your obvious competitor. It's every single content creator. This is the attention economy, and we're all fighting over the same eyeballs. So true. I mean, it's just so hard to make a splash these days. Obviously, that's been going on for 10 years, but in an election year, it's even crazier. You know, when you were at either The Gap or at any point in your career, Was there ever a time where you had to make a big splash and it was either during a major tentpole or during a quiet time? Like any interesting stories from there? There were a lot of things that Gap did really well. I was there 2011, 2014. But the moment that comes to mind, it was our summer campaign. We were pushing the obvious white t-shirt. So Obama was president trying to set the tone. And this was two months before he legalized gay marriage. So that wasn't a topic. This was just a normal moment in the beginning of May. And one of the assets in our summer campaign was two men inside of one t-shirt. We said nothing. It was just that image and the Gap logo in the right corner. And we put it up on a billboard in LA. We put it in store windows, but we said nothing about it. It was amongst a larger campaign. And the next thing you know, we're on national news. Because people saw the billboard in LA. They're like, holy shit, Gap is standing for something. This is before any brands were doing this. And it took off organically. And when I think about other companies and you think about moments that you still remember, like when Oreo Cookie does something to stand for something, when Nike does something for standing for something, 
I think those splashes come from when brands take a stance on an issue. When Gap did this, this was not a part of the cultural zeitgeist. This was just an everyday, you know, May 1st. That's interesting because it's not working around a tentpole. It's not saying, oh, we need to have a seasonal campaign. It's saying, I have a white t-shirt and I want to make sure that it stands for something because anybody can get a white t-shirt. But if I'm wearing a Gap white t-shirt, it means something. And doing it on any given day allows you to create the news rather than hijack the news. Yeah, that can backfire. I've also been in a position where I've done things in my career that you definitely felt like it was newsjacking and that freaking blows up. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say we got lucky with the uh, Oreo dunk in the dark tweet during the Super Bowl. I think luck is the result of a lot of preparation. And that's certainly what happened with us when we did the Oreo tweet during the Super Bowl. But the only reason that it actually worked was because there was literally nothing else to do because there was a blackout. So it was a quiet moment during a 10 poll. That was brilliant. Little column A, little column B. But I think launching a brand in the middle of a pandemic, is that a tentpole or is that a quiet time? What do you think? I think that it's brilliant slash hard to pull off. And I know we're going to talk today with someone who's brilliant, but I've also had friends who are, you know, early stage entrepreneurs really struggle right now to bring their brands to life. And I think that it takes an enormous amount of prowess and a certain type of megaphone, whether that's cash or celebrity to really break through the political noise and also the fact that consumers are not in environments where it's easy to just discover products. You kind of have to pay to play right now. Well, I think that Corey, who we'll be having on the podcast, represents a lot of those qualities that you're talking about. Maybe not as much cash because they're a smaller brand relative to the giants, but bravery and ingenuity and agility. Those are all these things that she really brings to the table. I totally agree. Let's bring on one of my favorite clients, Corey, the CMO of Elf Cosmetics. Rachel, we always have to start with an elf bomb. We got to kick it off with an elf bomb. Okay. What's happening? My favorite elf bomb is what the elf. So as you know, we've written our own lexicon at Elf, which includes the use of elf bombs because it was a clever way for me to curse around the office without a stare. So whenever you want to drop an elf bomb, feel free to drop it right in. I elfing love this. (laughs) I do too, because my new resolution was to try to limit my use of the F word. So thank you. So speaking of new year, 2020, It's been quite the year for the beauty industry, and I'm excited to pick your brain because you've had so many years of experience within this industry. I pay really close attention to quarterly earning reports, and when you read L'Oreal's earnings and LVMH and Shiseido, which I know you had a long history at, it's very clear that many of the big players within the industry are struggling. ELF is not LVMH. It's not L'Oreal. What's been the greatest change that you've experienced in your business this year? The first thing I would say, Rachel, is we're very happy right now to be an outlier. The industry, as you said, is troubled. The legacy players and the big corporations are all struggling. And we are exactly the opposite. We have posted six straight quarters of net sales growth, as you saw if you looked at our last earnings. We are posting growth, we are gaining share, and we are the only brand to gain share in the top five. What I would say is that this moment truly plays to our strengths. And what are those strengths? 
being nimble, being agile, being adaptable, being able to pivot on a moment's notice. So some of the things that are happening with the bigger legacy players is maybe they shut off their innovation pipelines or they completely adjusted their short-term strategies. And what we did is leaned in. We had a lot of conversations with our consumer community and we asked them directly, what do you want to hear from us in this moment? What do you want to see from us? And the answer was overwhelmingly clear. Please keep doing what you do because your products make us happy, because you bring joy in a difficult moment. So we didn't stop. The other key component is we were already at the forefront of digital. We already had laid all those pipes. We were already out there with all the shiny, pretty new toys that you need to dominate in a digital ecosystem. So while other companies were trying to catch up or first lay down the pipes, we were already smooth sailing into e-commerce. If I had to point to two things that have truly shifted the most in this moment or in now the last six months, I would say first is the surge in e-com. There's no doubt we've all seen a massive surge Specifically at ELF, our e-com penetration went from 11% pre-COVID to 17% now. So we picked up six points, which is truly incredible. And the second thing is skincare has dramatically accelerated. Specifically on ELFcosmetics.com, which we truly use as the, the truth of what can be the potential on the road ahead, we've shifted from 18% penetration to 25% in the skincare category. That's a big shift. So what we're seeing is while people may not be putting on lipstick because of their masks or they're worried about things like transfer or other troubles with wearing a mask and makeup at the same time, they're actually leaning more into their skincare regimen, whether it's because of self-care, whether it's because of maskne. I don't know if you've heard this term, but people are having trouble with their skin as a result of wearing their masks. So we're seeing folks that maybe only used a moisturizer before, now leaning into a regimen, now leaning into two, three, or even four products to create a little mini ceremony for themselves. And the beauty of ELF is you can try a lot of products and not break the bank. So it's guilt-free shopping. Well, I will tell you, I actually started using ELF a lot more this summer because of the finishing spray. Finishing spray is like the best alternative to not wearing makeup below your eyes. Legit, it works. And so I actually had to go to a wedding, a mask only wedding, except in select pictures where I was in a pod, we were able to take off our mask. So I did have to be fully made up. So that finishing spray was elfin awesome. You are going to get addicted to elf bombs. You're addicted. That's it. You're in. You're in. I'm in. I'm in. So elf made me not look like a moron at this wedding. Thank you. Can I give you another elf hack? I think this is important. Our poreless putty primer is literally the best product ever invented, especially during this time. And our original poreless putty primer, we got a beautiful letter from a nurse in upstate New York who had to completely change her regimen, obviously because of the excessive mask wearing. And she literally just wrote us a letter of gratitude to say that the only thing she was putting on her skin every day was poreless putty primer, and it was a life changer for her. So that was truly incredible and made us realize that we're not just selling beauty, we're truly making an impact in people's lives. We just launched an extension, and Sarah, this one's for you. It's called Luminous Putty Primer, 
And if you don't want to put on makeup, you just want to throw this on. It gives you a beautiful finish and it's just one product and you're ready to go. I like these. I like these. I also like that I get all these great tips from the podcast. I feel like I'm constantly getting your hair, I'm getting the, your face. Seriously, I got new hair products. I, I just feel like it's really about self-help. <laughs> that's really what this podcast is about. But that's Elfin Awesome. Thank you very much. I have a follow-up question, though, about that nurse. Are there things that you've been doing even to pivot your audience? So if you know that you've got something unique, perhaps for healthcare workers because of the simplicity of it. Does that change your marketing targeting strategy? Is that too hyper targeting? At what point does personalization get subscale? Specifically on our poreless putty primer, it it was already our hero. So we've been doubling down on it. I don't know if you saw our magic act TikTok challenge where we got 2 billion views on a specific product challenge, which is pretty rare. It's one thing when you go out like we did with eyes, lips, face, which doesn't have a specific product attached to it. I would say that that nurse's letter reinforced for us the power behind that product and to keep going, to keep making sure we can get it in a lot of people's hands because of its power and especially its power in not only this moment, but especially in this moment. One of the things that we were able to do with the nurse's letter is share it. That's always important to our community. Share those stories. They're uplifting. They're beautiful. Of course, we sent baskets full of poreless putty primer to the entire hospital. And, you know, we wanted her to share with with her community. It's been a very powerful experience to see what skincare and these types of products can do for people in, especially in a time of need. It's interesting, Corey, as you talk, you seem to have a system for identifying leading indicators. Like you described your D2C site as a leading indicator, this nurse letter as a leading indicator. And then at the beginning of COVID, you turned to your community, I assume via social media, to figure out what was the leading indicator in terms of customer engagement. In other companies, consumer research is in a silo department, completely divorced from probably the P&L activities. Can you describe how maybe you're organizing your team around these leading indicators? 1000%. For me, it's the most important thing that we can do. So I think there's a couple of things I would point out. The first thing I would say is you have to learn how to separate the noise from the signals. Mm -hmm. And that's not so easy to do. So you need to be able to find the patterns. You need to be able to find the signals. And then most importantly, you need to be able to act on those signals. So my first piece of advice is separate the noise from the signals. The second is put consumer insights at the top of the table. We have a a head of consumer insights who's just absolutely brilliant. We have a consumer insights meeting every Monday. She feeds the entire digital ecosystem every Mm. Monday morning with what she's seen, what she's heard, what our community is saying, what's boiling to the top, what those signals are. And then immediately in that moment, we draw action. And I think that's the big difference between Elf and everybody else is in these other companies and these siloed insights department, maybe they're surfacing the insights, maybe they're pushing them through the feed, through the hierarchy, through the skyscraper. They may not be turning into action plans that people are driving right now in this moment with immediacy. And that's the beauty of Elf. We see those insights, we put an action plan, and we start as early as that day. So when maskne, for example, bubbled up to the top as a signal, we had social posts that day. We had emails the next day to our community. So we're able to act very swiftly across those, those insights. And that's the most important part. 
I came from big corporations. I, I know those skyscrapers very well. And a lot of times you have brilliant insights that collect dust. Everything that you just said is so monumental. Like I can't actually think of an organization that has the Monday Consumer Insights meeting and gets all the right people at the table. How do you use those data points with more of the legacy retailers where planning happens six to 12 months ahead? Like I'm sure you came up with agreements with Sephora a year ago and you didn't know COVID was going to happen. So that's what's important about having our own digital ecosystem. Elfcosmetics.com is the engine that powers everything, not just the digital ecosystem, our entire universe. What we for sure know today is that our communities will go to our website, they will look for information, they will actually even make their choice, but then they may go to Ulta or Target or Walmart to make a purchase because perhaps they prefer that loyalty program or that's their preferred place to shop. So what's really important for us is using our own channels, both elfcosmetics.com as well as all of our social channels and our entire digital ecosystem to push those insights to the top. And then the consumers react and respond in the way that they choose to do so by either engaging, sharing, or purchasing. So I think the important part is know what you can control, use what you can control as surround sound and as rocket fuel. One of the best things that you were talking about earlier was the importance of connecting the insight to action. One of the most obvious insights when everything shut down was can't go into stores, can't sample, can't try on. And there have been so many bright, shiny object, virtual try on solutions that, you know, work, work to varying degrees, I suppose. But we're talking about major revenue replacement, major channel shift as it relates to how people think about buying things for beauty and skincare. What were you guys able to do in terms of pivoting on a dime on that to help make sure that you were continuing to grow despite losing such a critical trial channel? So Sarah, the good news here is we already had those pipes laid. So augmented reality was already loaded on our site. We just decided to push it even further. So it was a moment of accelerating. We have skincare finders, foundation finders, lots of different digital tools available to help our consumers on the decision journey. For a brand like Elf, there are two important things. One, we've been a digital native for 16 years. This is not new. This wasn't a moment where we had to go figure out how to be digital. We've been digital since day one. The second is we're what we like to call the smart beauty score. At ELF, we're priced so well that you can play, you can explore, you can say it's guilt-free on the wallet. So you can say, you know what, I'm going to pick up two colors because I can't try. But at this price, I can pick up two colors. ELF is, is able to deliver the best of beauty, the best of the premium experience you can get at a jaw-dropping value that allows people to explore more in the beauty space. So we use those digital tools to help accelerate that. We use those digital tools to narrow down the decision-making process to ensure that people can help get their right foundation shade or their right skincare product according to the needs of their skin. And we'll continue to use those digital tools to better power the decision-making process. And we absolutely see a huge conversion lift in the SKUs where we have augmented reality in place. The D2C space, clearly that's an environment that you can control. But what about the retailers that 
are a little bit more simplistic, but bring the reach. What are you doing to optimize with, I guess, the less sophisticated retailers, but those who bring major eyeballs? So it's a matter of partnering with their digital teams as well. We've seen all of the retailers truly accelerate their digital capabilities and prowess. They probably did three or four years worth of work in four months. So it's really about partnering with them and getting together to figure out how we can create that surround sound, how we can use social channels in a way we didn't use before, how we can better optimize our PDPs, how we can upload more tutorial style assets or video assets that help on their websites and maybe bring forward some tools that we hadn't used together before there. So taking our best practices and working together with the retail partners to see how we can create the best possible experience for our consumer. Corey, you're honestly way more knowledgeable about e-commerce than other CMOs. Where does this education come from? It's a couple of things. One is uh, specifically at ELF, I oversee end-to-end, which which starts with product and innovation and goes all the way to go to market. And that includes all things digital. It's a critical function of my job. Not all CMOs have end-to-end, Rachel. So I think you're also seeing that it, it it's fully within my, my scope of responsibility. Mm-hmm. If I back that truck up, it's just, for me, I've always been able to look around the bend. And digital is something that a lot of companies let that rocket ship pass them by. And for me, I've always had my sight squarely set on it because it was clear and evident a long time ago that this was the future. And one of the reasons I love Elf so much, and you know, I, I wanted to take the leap to a brand like this is because of their digital roots, because of that renegade spirit, because of the fact that this was really the first brand that had the audacity to sell cosmetics over the internet 16 years ago. Wild. It's just truly extraordinary. And our founders were the, you know, the OG digital disruptors. And what I've done since I got it to Elf is go back to their original treasure chest and pull out that beauty of what they did, pull out that renegade spirit and, you know, make everybody feel like we're on a rocket ship because we are. Going with the theme of seeing around the corner before anyone else, you were the first brand to really champion TikTok. This is maybe a year to 18 months ago. I'm trying to even remember when like you dropped the track and it just went viral. TikTok is obviously now a global news story uh, and it's become a governmental issue. And a lot of CMOs are scared to touch TikTok given the limelight that it sits in right now. How have you been navigating that? No fear. There's a a couple of important things that we need to think about when we put the consumer at the center of the table. And specifically, when we think about Gen Z, what we know about Gen Z is this is a generation of creators. This is a generation that has the tools and the know-how to create in ways we have never seen before. So whether it's on TikTok or another platform, they will find a way to express that creativity and we will be wherever they are. So they all went to TikTok. So we went to TikTok. As long as they stay there and they hang out and they want to play and they want to party, we're going to be there with them. And if they decide to go somewhere else, we'll go with them there as well. So for me, Rachel, I was saying before about the signals and the noise, the government issues right now with TikTok for me is just a lot of noise. We're ready to pivot on a dime at Elf. So if the unthinkable happened and we woke up tomorrow morning and TikTok was no longer on our phones, we'd pivot. Because that's what we do. 
And that community is going to go somewhere and we'll go with them. So I've never really operated in fear. And I think a lot of the companies that are operating in fear are the ones that haven't seen the power of that community and that maybe didn't have the footprint on the platform and that are still trying to figure out how to get there. For us, we had no fear entering the platform in the first place. This is a platform that's about creativity and self-expression. Our brand is about creativity and self-expression. This seemed to be an easy fusion. The, the challenge for us was the music part. So I remember sitting around the, the table with my team and I'm like, okay, so everybody on TikTok likes music and dance. Hmm. Has anyone here ever created a music track before? And everyone's like, no, I'm like, great. Cause we're going to go figure out how to do that. And that's when we had the idea to create the original music track. So when you see the power of the creators, you worry less about the platform and more about where are they going to go next and make sure that we're there with them. I think that's pretty incredible. I mean, the fact that you're a guest on Brave Commerce, I feel like you're just brave, period. Words that keep coming out, no fear, pivot, agile, go where the consumer is, go where the consumer is. You kind of feel like that's something that a lot of people say, but you're living it. You are moving and you are moving at the pace of a very agile consumer. So we're about to turn the corner into holiday season. That's going to require a high degree of agility. There is definitely not a set and forget program for this Q4. Any advice that you can give to our listeners without giving away the farm because you always want to have that competitive advantage? You mean aside from doubling down on Micmac because we have such (laughs) benchmark performance that we want to make sure we lean into that technology aside from that? Because that's definitely a holiday hack. I did not pay you to say this. I want everyone to know that. (laughs) We love Micmac, Rachel. And we love you, Rachel. I feel very lucky. Thank you. I think the most important thing is understanding that the best laid plans usually need to be ripped up and start over. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen at this holiday. Whatever you thought it was going to be, get ready for it to be something dramatically different. The way that we're thinking at ELF is making sure that we have our ear to the ground at every minute. Our consumers are already telling us that they're going to shop earlier. So we want to make sure that we have what they need at the moment in which they want to shop. And I hate to say the same thing again, but this moment plays to our strengths. We know how to pivot. We know how to be consumer-led. We know how to pivot on a dime to satisfy those unique needs, wants, and desires. So whatever this season brings, we'll be ready for it. What I would say to those that have not powered up their digital platforms and plugged in the shiny, pretty new toys that I like to call them that, that our tech team is always bringing to the forefront, hurry up and do so because you really need them you're really going to need to accelerate the power of your digital ecosystem. Corey, if I was able to grant you $100 million to invest in the future of e-com or marketing at large, where would you place your investment? You mean aside from Micmac? <laughs> I'm not, I don't need $100 million right now, but one day I might come knocking. Hey, I'll take $100 million. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> As you were, Corey, sorry. That's okay. Where would I put $100 million? Probably not in one place, more in multiple signals that I see. So one is using technology to power the human experience. And I think that's a really important 
way of saying it because some folks think we plug in technology and it's you're using technology to power the human experience. And that human experience can be connection with people through community. It can be content through providing you with information that you need to either make your purchase decision or figure out how beauty fits into your life or how you want to utilize a certain routine or a specific troubleshooting, or it's utilized to bring people together. So one of the things that I love to think about that we did with Chipotle, and you know, if you haven't seen what we did, putting Elf and Chipotle in the same sentence was one of those surprise and delight moments. Here you had two digital renegades crushing it with Gen Z, recognizing that there was an entire community of Gen Zers who couldn't attend their prom and they were feeling really shitty about it. So we came together and said, you know what? You don't have to miss your prom. We'll create a virtual one for you. So we used the power of digital to bring people together, to connect people, to bring them a virtual prom. That's what I would invest in. Tools that can power the human experience. And then I would say the other thing that we've been thinking a lot about as we're creating a new brand, um, which we launched this morning called Keys Soul Care, is this idea of transcending product to deliver more of a holistic experience and the fusion of content, community, and commerce. I would definitely invest in bringing those three things together way more holistically. Can you tell us more about this new brand? Sure. It's a new brand that we created together with Alicia Keys. And the whole idea from the beginning, you would love it. Talk about brave commerce. She's a trailblazer in in every way. And she challenged us from the beginning. And it's actually song lyrics. You know, with Alicia, it's really funny because song lyrics tie into her everyday language. And she said to us, if we did the unthinkable, would it make us look crazy or would we be so beautiful? When we heard those words, she really challenged us to paint the highest vision, to think about beauty differently, to do something that had never been done before, to create richer and deeper meaning. We thought about what do people do in beauty, right? They create nail care, skin care, hair care, but nobody ever talks about caring for the soul. So we decided to carve a new trail and create a new category called soul care. And today starts the launch of Keys Soul Care, which for the first few months is about building community and content and commerce will come later. So it's a very exciting new lifestyle beauty brand. We'll start off with rituals and ceremonies so that you can care for yourself. And the first line of products that we will bring to market is skincare. Alicia has struggled with her skin for the vast majority of her life. And she felt really strongly about helping others not go through the same challenges she did. So we brought together Alicia with a dermatologist, a board certified dermatologist, and we created a line of clean, efficacious skincare products that are also accessible. So very important for Alicia to be able to bring her vision of beauty to a much larger audience. And when you guys were building this brand together, I imagine it started pre-COVID. It did. When we could hug, mm-hmm. hug from Alicia, I got to tell you, you could feel it for like months after. <laughs> so this is the power of Elf that I mentioned before, where Elf really doesn't um, know how to operate in no, we can't. We operate in yes, we can. And it's that yes energy 
that kept propelling us forward. We need this more than ever. We, we can't take our foot off the gas pedal on a project like this now when we're talking about caring for the mind, body, and soul. So we did not skip a beat. We did all our meetings in Zoom rooms. We kept the innovation pipeline flowing. I, I can't say that it comes free of complication. It's complicated. You know, you're used to sitting around a boardroom with 15 people at the same time, testing formulas, trying things, sharing, feeling, touching. We had to figure out how to do it in a Zoom room, but we figured it out. Our timelines are intact. We are completely ready to fly as planned. And that, that is the elf way. <laughs> That's amazing. For people who might be listening, who are thinking about bringing new products to market right now, do you have any advice to them? I would say it all starts with the consumer and understand what it is that they want from you. I think one of the most important things is not just creating product, it's creating products people want. And one of the things that we've always done with our community is understand what it is they love, what it is they want to see more of, what it is that they're missing in their regimen and routine, and then looking for those patterns and those signals. So I'll give you a perfect for example. We created a groundbreaking concealer last year, which rivals any product in Prestige for $6 called Camo Concealer. And it literally broke the world of concealers. We started to see signals from some of our older consumers saying they love the product, they love the coverage, but maybe it was settling into fine lines and wrinkles and it was a little bit drying for folks who had drier skin. And basically what they were asking for is we want that coverage, we want it in something that is maybe a little bit more hydrating. So we took all of that feedback and all of those signals, we put it in the pipeline and we created a hydrating version of the camo concealer. And when your community sees that you listen and that you act, they become very vocal. And they've been very vocal with us for a very long time. And we love that. We want more of it. We want to be showered with what it is that they want to see and, and hear from us. So what I would say is most important is create products people want. You know, you would think that would be pretty simple. It's not. So this brings us to our final question. Usually Rachel asks it, but she's letting me do it this time. I feel very, I feel very blessed. I pass the mic. I appreciate it. So Corey with a K, what's the bravest thing you've ever done personally or professionally? Okay. I like this question. So I signed up for something that I don't know if I would say brave, crazy, or both. Maybe brave and crazy sort of belong in the same sentence. They absolutely can. You can, you can, (laughs) you can let the listeners decide. So I would say one of the bravest things I've done as of late is agreed to deliver a keynote following the great Scott Galloway. So that is really brave to follow Scott Galloway. So just so everybody knows, and I don't know if he's listening to this, but I totally have a crush on him. I love Scott Galloway. I listen to all of his podcasts. For me, he's like a hero. You know, some people like to love Ryan Reynolds and, you know, actor. And I'm like, Scott Galloway. And uh, he's doing a keynote at the Future Reimagine that's being brought live by Tenuity. And they, they asked me to follow Scott. And I, I choked for a minute. <laughs> and then I said, yes. Yeah. So I think that's pretty brave. You know, outside of that, what I would say to you is I don't think the bravest things are one giant leap. And you probably have people who say, I jumped out of a plane or I did that. Like, I think bravery is getting out of your comfort zone, 
every single day. That is something that I live by. It's something I've been doing my whole life personally or professionally. I've always been an outlier in my family. So that probably has a lot to do with how, how I carried that into the professional space. So as a, for example, I was the first to graduate college, the only one to, to go for higher education. My mom still has absolutely no idea what a C-suite is. Called her to tell her I was a CMO. She's like, I don't know what that is. Are you still selling makeup? <laughs> so I'm, I'm the first person in my family to, to have a corporate job. I was the first kid to move away from the nest. Both of my sisters, for example, live within a mile of my parents, and I'm now out in San Francisco. I've always been an outlier, and I've always prided myself on not following the journey that others have paved for you and not going on what I call the conveyor belt. I've always made the outlier decision, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. I would agree. And I would say I do live a mile from my parents, yet I am an outlier in many different ways. And I'm not going to tell you, you made the right or wrong decision by doing that. We can have that conversation offline. Any day. (laughs) This has been so inspirational and enlightening. And we are, I, I will tell you, I'm a big fan of Scott Galloway. I love the algebra of happiness more than I even love the four. And he's a fabulous speaker, great podcaster. And you are going to upstage him like nobody's beeswax. <laughs> I want to tune into this. You're going to elf him, upstage him. That's all I'm saying. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I will put on my elfing, upstaging shoes. Eh, who's going to see over your neck anyway, please? Don't even bother. <laughs> Corey, you dropped so much elfing knowledge in this podcast. I really hope that the big legacy companies actually listen to this episode because how you organize your team and how you go to market is 100% the way towards building businesses. And it's just amazing to watch you and, and your team. I also think that you're remarkable at hiring people. We could have had a whole episode on that because I'm just blown away by everyone on your team. They are a team of elfing superheroes. Well, with that, Corey, uh, we hope you stay safe in San Francisco and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And next time we definitely have to do this over wine. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.